Hey, if we can do 24 hours, we can do 49 minutes. Oh my God. PTSD. But for everyone here right now, this is recorded. It should be going. We're live. This is recorded. And if anyone goes back to watch the recording, this part will be a part of it. So anything that we say between now and the webcast ending will be a part of the recording. So if you're watching, hey, thanks for joining us. This is what we call pre-show banter. Uh, Normally, it's only 30 minutes of pre-show banter. But today we have 48 minutes of pre-show banter because somebody hit the button. Would that hit someone the, like to raise their hand? The hit the button. You know, he, even, he gets a pass. Wild. It's fine. It's if we fine. did 24 hours of pre-show banter, wouldn't that be crazy? Isn't that a wild idea? <laughs> that's a terrible idea. We should not do that. <laughs> if you're watching this right now, uh, fast forward 38 minutes, 48 minutes. If you do not want to watch this, if you want to just get to the webcast and somehow you found yourself here, uh, you can fast forward 48 minutes to the webcast. Now, if you're here live, uh, which if it's 1213 Eastern time on October 28th, you're here live. Uh, so you just have to endure the next 48 minutes with us. You're, you're here for show, not for dough. <laughs> dough comes later. <laughs> well, what's going to be crazy is when uh, BB gets here in a few minutes to do his equipment checks and go through and test the slides. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, we're live, BB. Uh, what's funny is there's actually 33 people here already. Yes. Yeah. Can we get a behind the scenes for BB? I've always wondered how does he swap out the posters so fast? <laughs> I took I took one of his classes and he has like posters next to his like you know in in view and it's every like day it was the boards that roll. Yeah, it's a roller that, board. Yeah, that could be. We we need a behind the scenes look at BB's office. <laughs> behind the scenes, BB's office. Yeah, he's he's not joining until it's all set up, though. He said, <laughs> so yeah, I'll be I'll be back in a few minutes. Down, y'all talk amongst yourselves. Okay. Oh, we're supposed to banter now. Banter. I'm pretty clamped. Okay. He's getting right. his I'm gonna show you guys how to use a sword. Hold on one second. Well, so I wanted to ask CJ something because I realized yesterday I was getting strong Ted Danson vibes from him, and I want to know how he feels about that. I love Ted Danson. Okay, good. I would have felt really bad if you were like, I hate the guy. <laughs> no, I think he's, I, so I grew up on Cheers, right? Like that's, that's you almost have the same voice. You could definitely do like cameo as Ted Danson. I don't the, think the anyone would know. You're helping right now, right? The new glasses. Yeah. I think you should try like make a fake cameo account and just say you're Ted Danson and see how much money you can make before anyone realizes. <laughs> before you get shut down. <laughs> you always do it as not Ted Danson. <laughs> oh yeah. Even better. I feel like you could make a decent living that way, you know? Sure. I'll, I'll consider that in my retirement. <laughs> I know I'm going to sound really young saying that. Is Ted Danson the guy in The Good Place? Yes. Yeah, yes. he's Michael. Okay. That's how you youngsters would know him. That's how she knows him. Oh, not from Cheers. <laughs> no, is it, fine. Isn't Cheers on Netflix? Uh, everything's, everything's on, on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Everything know, is not on Netflix. I watch it. That seemed like the right thing to say, though. <laughs> so, Cassie, you should go watch Cheers because it's really, oh, yeah. you probably, are you familiar with Friends? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, of course, isn't everybody? No. We have people <laughs> like, uh, I've never heard of Friends. I have some Friends. To be fair, uh, I yeah, never I got heard of Friends. Friends. Wow, that was a mean insult there, CJ. Have you heard of Friends? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Corey, don't assume. I okay? tried making some once. <laughs> that was targeted to me. I know oh. I don't have any Friends. It's okay. <laughs> Oh, no, you gotta let you gotta check out Cheers. Okay, I will. 
It's quite funny. It's a, it was a sitcom that ran for seven years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is it only seven years? It felt like it seemed like so much longer than that. It, it was long. Well, I think it was because it was in syndication while it was still coming on TV. Like you could watch yeah. the reruns while the new episodes were still coming up. Yep. Isn't Seinfeld coming to friend or Netflix or something? Isn't that happening? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but they did the pan and scan thing where they blew it up to be sixteen by nine, and it's just that's so hard. weird. Yeah, do you see the mic in like half the shots or what? <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely some old episodes where you can see the boom mic every once in a while. Yeah, that's just good. I time. find that endearing. Yeah, it's authentic. Fourth wall. Good. Yes. Yeah. Hey, has everyone there. watched Ted Lasso? Uh, yeah. We are. Great show. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so, so good. good. It's in my it's queue, just... but I haven't started. Oh, it is so positive and. Yeah. It, it really stands out because it's so positive. Yeah. <laughs> did I recommend nothing... that to you, Deb? Uh, yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. We're episode three, I think. Yeah. I wanted to tell you yesterday. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I we went from now though, and I keep getting really depressed. It gets heavy. Ow. Ow. <laughs> Cassie, it's really good. Still Spoilers. Really good. It starts getting, you know, like the feels. I mm, so we we watched Squid Game, <laughs> and I was like, we need something fun and nice and happy. That one's rough. Yeah. I'm printing out a squ- the Squid Game mask right now, like one of them <laughs> on my 3D printer. It's taking like literally 18 hours to print it though, so hopefully it fits. <laughs> Can, can you show us when you're done, Ralph? Because I'd like. Oh yeah, I'll show you. Yeah. For is this Will for Halloween you? or just a Thursday? Uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's my Friday outfit. Um, but uh, no, it was. Uh, I'm gonna do it for Halloween. Actually, I have I have two Halloween. I thought you were going as Hocus Pocus. We are. We are. You're you're gonna I, go I'm Hocus going Pocus slash Squid slash. Yeah, no, 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 no. The squid, squid game. Mashup. Yeah, different. Yeah. No, it's not a mashup. We're. Me and uh, me and my wife are going as uh, Jay and um, whatever. Silent the Bob. No, no. From Hocus. <laughs> That's Pocus. what I thought, dude. He sent me the picture. I was like, is that Jay or Silent Bob? And he's like, it's from Hocus Pocus. And I had never seen it in my life. There's uh, a Jay and Hocus Pocus. Yeah. I remember when the uh, kid gets his uh, shoes stolen in the very first scene? And he's like, I guess I have to watch yeah. this movie again. Yeah. My name's Ice. I don't know. I've seen it way too many times. I don't know. Uh, call me crazy. crazy okay, you're crazy. You're crazy. Perfect. A lot of people jumped at that opportunity, Ralph. You might want to take that take that offline. I don't take it back. I don't take it back. I knew you guys were all just going to run with it. Regret nothing. Yeah. Any opportunity. Is, yeah. I chinked in the armor. Yep. Take <laughs> what is the most recent movie everyone has watched? Uh, Dune. Come on, future. Dune. Dune. Please. Dune. You watched the original Dune. Ugh. It was an original? The original was on TV the other night. Like 1984. The original and the miniseries. Yeah, so we watched the original Dune. And it, it's, it, yeah, I'm excited to watch the new one. Kathy yeah, the new one is not the, the original good. one. <laughs> the new one is fantastic. Yeah. Mm, it's a two, two-parter, is this correct? I thought it was yeah. better than the yes, book. Yes, it's going which, to be. I thought it was, yeah, it's definitely two parts. They confirmed part two for 2023. Nice. Very cool. Anyone else? Isn't it weird? how Didn't it get a streaming release first? And then like, they're going to like, oh, we're going to do a theatrical release. (laughs) At the same time. It was at the same time. Oh, it was at the same time. Okay. 
The most recent movie I watched was Office Space. Ah, nice. I watched watched Night Teeth. Night Night Teeth? Yeah. Night Teeth or Night Teeth? Night Night Teeth. teeth. (laughs) Like what kind of night? Like the dark time of the day or like a person in a... Exactly. Yeah. And Teeth? And Teeth. Teeth. Yep. Yep. Go look that up. It's a new Halloween film. It was actually very good. Night mm-hmm. night's teeth. Is it night. is it like your teeth? So it's not like night court. No. Teeth. <laughs> a little different. In night the theater, there's different. another scream coming out, just in case you're interested. Oh, oh I love scream. Finally. I should have my daughter scream. Oh, we need that. We need that. We watched the original well, the first one. <laughs> my fa- that's honestly the original scream is like close to the perfect Halloween film. It is really good. It's darn good. It's good. Yep. good. I think it was it was one of the first meta movies I ever saw where they're like we, we watched movies and, and so we were killing people because of the movies we watched and I was like wait a second <laughs> what are you saying here Night Teeth I need to go back back to that isn't that like Google on that so a common like nightmare that most people have had is that your teeth are falling out right that's a very common like nightmare that people have yeah, is it I have that. I've never had that I've never one. Heard that before. I, yeah like, no, I, can't I know what you're saying yeah. the teeth out like a t- and, like all these teeth just keep teeth. falling out of my mouth yeah is common I, thought the, I thought the common nightmare everybody have I mean, the common nightmare everybody had was going to school without their pants on oh totally that too and well, then your teeth are- yeah like I, I'm <laughs> naked and I'm <laughs> spitting all my teeth out <laughs> so supposedly when you have a dream about your teeth falling out, it's usually when you're going through like some like life changing event and maybe like you're changing, like big changes are coming in your, in your life, right? Maybe going okay. to a different school or something like something you just moved, other things like Losing that. a tooth. Do you do palm ratings, Ralph? <laughs> yeah, no, actually <laughs> my, my wife's a mental health counselor. So she's told me about this doing psychology. Stuff. Oh, well now it changes everything. Analyze this dream. I'm in Ralph's backyard. <laughs> and a giant stop, 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 no. <laughs> Haven't got eaten by a gator yet. That's, that's there's this we, big hole in the ground. The, yeah. the gator comes up to me and then he says, How much RAM do you have? And Not then enough. he buys more servers. <laughs> and just goes, And the answer is the aristocrats. <laughs> okay, quick trying to work that into everything. <laughs> really took a turn. Right there. Oh, BB's here. Hey, BB's here. Okay, so we're Dutch BB. We need to test his microphone and his camera and his slides. I know that we're in pre-show banter mode, but we actually have some work to do because somebody hit the button a little early. It's okay. No one's here, right? Can you? How? how, Let's just. We'll just pretend it's it's all right. Yeah, it's that, that works for me so often. I'm just there's only 44 it. here, and 14 of them are us. So yeah, <laughs> so I, there's there's okay? people get a behind the scenes look. Mm. All right, I'm gonna make you present. Am, am I okay, soundy wise, or am I too loud or hot, yeah. as they say? You sound good. I sound good. Great. Evie, I'm making you the presenter. Please make sure your screen is sanitized and ready to display because oh. people will be able to see it, and it will be in the recording. Yeah, I, I did that before I came on when you guys told oh, me you started yeah. without me. Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't worry about you, BB. You got all it. Right. You don't worry about me. Well, good. Don't, don't Thank you. Dale, we worry about Dale a lot. Oh. Is that right? I, I lose what? sleep over Dale. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? Oh, oh, there right. we go. Part two. This got rebooted, just like the movies we were talking about. Oh, it's so beautiful. I love your use of color. 
<laughs> I use all the colors. All the Black colors. And white. <laughs> well, we, we can talk about this. We can talk about this because I, I, I am an artist by background. So, so in the white, we have every color if we're talking about additive mixing. That's a with theory, BB. That is and a in the theory. black, we have every color if we're talking about subtractive mixing in, in, mm. uh, in pigments. Mm. Black's not a color. It's a shade. It's like when you mix all the crayons together and it makes this really great It's color. a shade. It is, it is a shade. And, and white then would be a tint. Because <laughs> tint means lighter and shade means darker. So if somebody ever says, hey, make that just a shade lighter, you can correct them and say, no, you mean a, sh a tint lighter. And I'm going to tell people I'm, I'm tint for now on. Oh, I'm tint. <laughs> White, you're tint. <laughs> Corey, I love your get up there. I love your head. You, you, you look like you're in charge of things. <laughs> I, I am I am a commander of a NASCAR pit crew. And um, yes, if exactly. you want to change a tire, I cannot help you. But I will say, hey, NASCAR trivia, they went to the one bolt, I think. They, they ditched the five bolt wheels. Isn't that sad? That's depressing. Oh. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite sound exactly, from NASCAR, right. Jason. Yeah. yeah, I know. My team has been cut up over it personally, but <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Can I just say that Corey is one of the best additions we've made in a while? He just <laughs> that is Tim. fake news. That is not true. I agree, but I love, Tim's right next to him. CJ, Tim. Tim's here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is the first time I've interacted with Corey, but I'll still agree. Wow, you guys are way too nice. This this place is weird. Are, you <laughs> sure, not a cult? are, are we sure this isn't a cult? It's Jason's not. That one down. Who said it? Where'd you get that? Not. There's no Kool-Aid, so we're good. It's not. No, not no a wait, wait, I'm going to make Corey feel more at home. Corey, you suck! <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, now I feel right at home. Are we now more like a real corporation? <laughs> yes. yes. No, we haven't started talking about core competencies yet. Six of this live stream. You're both getting sent to training now. CJ oh. for you know conflict management and Corey for whatever it was. He was okay, we're not about. a real corporation because we still don't have HR. I just like to point that out. And it is not Deb and Jason, regardless of what Ralph says. Ralph. Hey, guess what we're getting though, gang? Performance <laughs> reviews. Oh, <gasps> That's do my live on stream, please. Like now, just get a great do my live. live. We do it live. As cool as the weekly training. We can do it live. Sock okay. two. Uh, oh, sock two. Is it required? Whoa! Whoa! Wow! wow. It's the, the guy from Kiss. A member uh, from Kiss. Yeah. Gene, Gene Simmons is here. Simmons. Yeah. I invited, I invited all these people, Jason. I'm sorry. Now that now that we've done the 24 hour pre show banter conathon, like anything goes for pre show oh. banter. Like it is yeah, just, it's really getting wild. <laughs> is Basin showing up? Gene's a week late. Oh, shoot. Uh, Basin will be returning, and I'm hoping there's going to be a five to ten page comic about Basin Lanchard, HR professor. Uh, yeah. Do you smell it like like a bowl? Basin like a bowl? Yes. Yeah, yeah Basin he changed his spelling. No, no B-A-S-O-N. You just flip the two around? Mm. Uh, BB, can you please go through your slides? Jeez. No, no, that, that's, that, that's, that's spoiler. I just want to see them just to make sure that it's working. Just to make sure I did it. <laughs> yeah, just um, make sure hey, maybe did you do anything besides a cover <laughs> slide? Here's one. Cool. Are we cool. good? All right. All right, you can stop now. Uh, and then are you going to have demos? Because I need to see demos and the size of your font. Oh, boy. You it's are rough, font. man. 
Font size is already right. covered in the presentation. Right. Do you want to just do the presentation twice, Jason? Is this what you want to do? This does right. seem weird to approach Normally, it. Normally, we have a period of time where we go through all these things where no one's looking. <laughs> is, that, no one. is that okay? Uh, are these your... Is that your... You it's wanna... my demo. I'm doing a Microsoft Word demo. The first ever <laughs> Microsoft Word hacking demo. It's going to be That great. is the boldest demo I have ever heard in my <laughs> life. Justin <laughs> will hate you. See? Who's going to hate me? Justin. Oh, yeah. It's a good thing Justin didn't come. He's he's not a Word fan. Yeah. No. People will ask you if this will be available for download. So uh, do you have an answer for that? My Word documents? Yes. Yes. It, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, we will send you a macro-enabled Word document. Nothing <laughs> bad could happen. Yeah, Nothing <laughs> wrong here. I do touch on macros at the end if you're bold enough. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I could. Yeah, I guess. I'm not sure how useful you, it is. You but can send it to me. And, uh, they you will can ask. say no. It's just I needed an answer in case people asked. No, it's okay. not going to be helpful. Um, okay, cool. I, I, just, I describe in the slides... Uh, what I'm doing and I have okay. like the full menu paths and stuff so you can all recreate what you see here with your own document Which is going to be okay. better than just having a copy of mine. Yeah, because I'm going to get asked about 30 times. Will the recording be available? Will it? The answer is yes, it? it's currently on YouTube if you're watching it right now You are watching the recording. How meta is that? Uh, but some of us are here live. It's meta meta. Can I can I see your your desktop, baby? Can you, I want to see the artwork. Oh, yeah Ah Wrong screen. Ah, this is so hard. Ah! It's um, it's it's from Calvin and Hobbes. I'm a big Calvin and Hobbes fan, and um, the um, so uh, many Bloom, Bloom County is like kind of half resurrected Calvin. So the idea is like this is Calvin now, Calvin at age like 35 or something, and they they, it's just awesome. It's awesome. I can imagine Calvin in a in a workshop, you know, building his actual spaceman's Biff. Spaceship. I love it. Live tiger. My bought made the complete Calvin and Hobbes. So and I've oh. also got the complete far side. So they love you. They definitely love me. That's great. <laughs> so it's twelve thirty. We're going to start this the, the broadcast. All right, everybody. Welcome oh. to the pre-show banter. Hey, now the pre-show banter starts. Uh, I've been waiting. Show report for the dough. We got BB King with us today. We got Deb Wigley. We have Dale Hobbs, Corey Ham. Tim Fowler, Brian the Shootist, Cassie Kimball, Ralph May, CJ, David Fletcher, and myself, Jason Blanchard. Uh, also, just a reminder to the panelists, no one can see our names but each other. Uh, so the audience can't see who we are. They only see us. They don't see our names. Uh, mm. That was why we used a different program for the 24-hour pre-show banter conathon so our names could be displayed. Things like that. So, and Gene Simmons is joining us now. That's why. <laughs> <clears throat> I noticed that a lot of David's um, head stuff Control. includes hair. He's got like, yes. like a hat that has hair. He's got this that has hair. I get cold. You can't completely spot his uh, hat with hair in the background when he's on. Uh, that's what my hat is. I'm actually bald. Um, so uh, yeah, <laughs> it's funny. True story. First time, first time I met too David, much information, Dem. <laughs> yeah, I first felt safe. I, I can tell you guys. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Ryan, Ryan, can you please post uh, links to Discord inside the GoToWebinar in case people would like to join sure. us? Discord. And I believe we can post links inside uh, YouTube if people want to join us in Discord. YouTube. If you comment in YouTube, can people comment in YouTube? Do, 
function turned on? No, it should be turned off. Okay. So if you want to comment, but the com- link should be on YouTube for Discord. And once you follow us in or join us in Discord, it takes five minutes before you can actually post anything. We have a cool off period from when you join just to make sure that you're not here to just, you know, drop a bunch of pornography and then and then leave like that one person did that one time. Monster. Yeah. Oh, Paul, uh, this is old news because I just tuned into questions and uh Go to webinar. Paul says that uh, Cheers ran for eleven years. Oh, that makes more sense. Ooh, <laughs> a long time. Both those residuals don't hurt, CJ. You know, uh, they don't hurt at all. I hope Ted's doing well. I hope my evil twin is uh, doing all right. Is he your evil twin, or are you his evil twin? Uh, I think you might be the evil twin, CJ. Agreed. Corey. Am I going to go back to my second statement about you? <laughs> I think it's so funny how Woody Harrelson was in Cheers, and then he became like this serious actor afterwards. Like he just left all that goofball crap behind and became. It went, yeah, he went from like Cheers to Natural Born Killers. Like it was right. Zoom, oh. <laughs> Yeah, both him and Shelley Long. Oh wait. Uh, <laughs> um, th- there's this really great line in Natural Born Killers about being redundant. Redundant. I hear a puppy. Oh, that's mine. I'm like, he wants outside. He can wait. He can wait. You monster. (laughs) Hold it. I'm pretty desperate. Hold it. it. (laughs) Sorry. Wait. (laughs) All right. Show of hands in the Discord if you would like Dale to let his dog out now. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go outside now. Yeah. <laughs> if I let him outside to get in the mud and I got to clean him when he comes back in, it's just too much work. Yeah. Having kids. Well, sometimes at night when I let the dogs out and I, you know, go out in the backyard with them, I'll just, you know, go back there too. And I was telling my wife, I was like, oh, yeah, just sometimes when I let the dog out to go pee, I just go too. And she's like, what? <laughs> You're going to the yard, in the backyard, totally. Uh, <laughs> at night, right? When it's dark? Yeah, at, at night when it's dark. Okay. That's There's important. nothing more liberating than a backyard pee. You know what I'm saying? It's just <laughs> he's got a point. It's kind yeah, of it's, like it feels it's like owning your. It's marking your territory, right? Maybe it's yeah, it's very yeah. you know a yeah. primal, primal way. I, my right. husband absolutely does the same. <laughs> I, I can concur. <laughs> I would. <laughs> Dogs are probably like, wow, wow, all right, fine. <laughs> oh yeah, there was one time I I had had a little too much to drink and I was in the backyard and and the dog came up next to me and lifted his leg like on my leg while I was trying to go and I was like whoa 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 oh, that's so that's so nice that he didn't want you to be all alone yeah, <laughs> yeah all right everybody this is not the webcast the webcast starts in 30 uh, 25 minutes if you're here early this is called pre-show banter uh, if you're new to Black Hills Information Security we get here early 30 minutes early. Uh, for one, because we like to hang out with each other and we don't get to see each other that much because we all work remotely. Uh, and so this gives us a chance to hang out with each other. Uh, two, it gets rid of some of the nervousness uh, because we're about to present to over a thousand people. And when I say we, BB is about to present to over a thousand people. And, uh, you know, every once in a while you like just think about, yeah, you know, what if all those people are in the same room? What if you're on stage? It's just awkward. Uh, right. And so we show up early to do that. Also test equipment and get to know you you get to know us we like to hang out with each other in discord so if you're in discord feel free to comment like sparks flying uh you <laughs> extreme paperclip fairlane 66 thanks for being here 
And uh, if you missed the 24-hour pre-show banter conathon, which was about, I don't know, eight years ago at this point, um, I think it was only less than two weeks ago, uh, we did this for 24 hours and raised $31,000 for the Instant Lives Foundation. And it was just an amazing 24 hours of the community coming together, all of us coming together and with guests and people from the community. And we had a, it was a great time, uh, but we also raised a lot of money and that was very cool. So thanks for being a part of that. If you were a part of it, if you missed it, we'll never probably do it again because it was just, I'm still traumatized. Probably. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it next year. Don't let them lie. Yeah. I heard a rumor. October, right? October, yeah. <laughs> so, baby, how There's many some... how many set design posters do you have? How many? Um, seven or eight or so. Oh, I was like hoping that? for a higher number. Yeah. <laughs> the right answer is eleven. I'm working on it. Eleven. I have eleven. Um, I'm working on it. I'm trying to get a theme going for the, the class that I teach. Um, and I, I don't have it yet. So I just do kind of random things. But the best thing about oh, yeah, this poster. Wasn't there the a Sasquatch that, one? Yeah, I've got, I've got several Sasquatch ones. Yep. There's, um, I have, I, that starts from my, I have a little flag that, um, it's like one of those little yard flags. It's like, you know, yay big. Um, and it's got a picture of Sasquatch on it. And it says, it says, um, Bigfoot doesn't believe in you either. And, and and I got that for um for physical pen tests. I, I keep it in my pocket when we do physical pen tests. And when I have to take a picture of myself someplace to prove that I got where I got, I take one picture for the report and I take another picture with that in it. Because everybody every every once in a while someone's like, I can't believe you got there. How did you get there? And then I got this picture ready to go. That's next level thinking. You're four steps ahead. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's fun. You gotta make it fun or it's not fun. Yeah, uh, I got a special thank you to Becker. I don't know if I spelled that right. V-E-K-K-A-R. They boosted the BHIS Discord server, and I appreciate that. Uh, that gives us a lot more options. We have Thank higher you. bandwidth. We have all kinds of things that we can do. Uh, we can even have larger files, but better memes. It's essentially what it comes down to is better memes. Uh, so thank you for boosting the server. It's all the ancillary stuff, the pre-show banter, the memes, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. The slides are just an excuse to be here. It really is. Uh, we, have, we haven't done a webcast in a month. Last time we did one was when Bo talked to us about blockchain and none of us understood what he said. That's how blockchain <laughs> works. So he said, so, right. So we, we have on, on the questions, we have, uh, I can't, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. I think it's Brazilian, but um, he was asking about putting Discord. Was it a good idea to put Discord on at work? And I asked him how his resume was. He said it's up to date, and I said, "Well, then go ahead." Uh, he said he doesn't. He think it'd be a little bridge too far, and I said, "Your judgment is way too good to be here." Yeah, if you, if you have problems, just talk to Jason. He will get you a job. He Jason can help. Yeah, there's no problem at your job that Jason can't fix by helping you up with a new job. He's good at it. We're He's at 150. 150. Mm-hmm. 150. So is it live dash chat or webcast live chat? Uh, webcast dash live chat. It used to be live chat. Now it's webcast live. Oh, does that help people find it? Look, the red emoji is what helped me. It looked very. That's good to know. Yeah. yeah. I still do not navigate the Discord interface very well. We, we understand. <laughs> no one really does. It's okay. I don't even I know where I am. Feel better. I definitely feel better. 
<laughs> All right. Speaking of showing screen, hey, you're live on TV. Uh, just as a reminder, if you post anything that I deem horrible, you'll be banned for life. Um, also, so. make sure you go look at all of Jason's servers that he's on. Let's see. What is he? <laughs> all those messages. Uh, whoa. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus oh, Christ. You got me. more red numbers in there? I can't count. This is you ridiculous. You have more servers than I have socks. Uh, uh, so, Discord junkie. So I don't know if anyone knows this. I normally show it to people. If you take one Discord server and you drag it into another one, it creates a folder. Mm-hmm. And then you can put them in folders. And you yeah, can you can color many code them. Dude, that's the scary part. You're hiding all of this. It's like you're <laughs> it's like a hoarders, a hoarders event going on. <laughs> you're, <a hoarder. laughs> you're assuming that we all have that amount of Discord servers that we need. Folder. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of black things done, Jason. Well, I don't. <laughs> this is my job. Discord's you my just job. sit there and reply to all those messages you haven't looked at. Oh, so he has the, his own category on that server, which is called Jason. Yes, this is my own uh, Discord server for job hunting. You get your own Discord server. You have other Discord servers communicate to your Discord server, just giving you extra alerts, just like just like a feed. Right. So because of all those unanswered DMs that he gets, I get them from the same people because they're like, (laughs) just trying to get in touch with Jason. I know he gets a lot of DMs. Maybe you can help me out. He's too busy. Really my job. You're like half of those DMs that he hasn't read are from me. All right. Speaking of there being a lot of servers, there are many today and there's including many uh, Black Hills Discord servers. And But we're in this one. And then out of all the channels, we're in this channel right here. Just want to let you know we have a new zine that came out. If you're like, what's a zine? A uh, zine is a self-published magazine that we created ourselves. And so if you want to go check out the zine, you can go up here and we'll drop a link to that at some point. There you go. Uh, so the zine, we'll put it into good uh, webinar. If you would like to check it out, we'll still mail it to you. We've mailed out uh, about 1,800 physical copies to people in the United States. We're still working on how to send it to Canada, UK, and elsewhere. Uh, But if you would like to go check out the zine, uh, please do so. There's a puzzle in there that if you get to the end of the puzzle, please send us your resume to jobs at blackhillsinfosec.com. If you get to the end of the puzzle, please send us your resume to jobs at infosec.com. If you're like, seriously? Jobs at infosec.com? Where's that going to go? Jobs at blackhillsinfosec.com. You don't think Jason owns infosec.com? I'm pretty sure he does. Oh, he owns probably one of those Discord channels. Anything He's, with a job. Uh, maybe Basin owns, owns it. I could see Basin owning it. You know, oh, it, would, sure it, would, it would fit with his personality. Elton for a community? Absolutely. Uh, also, welcome to Cassie. Uh, Cassie's here joining us. This is her first pre-show banter oh. on the webcast. She... She was working the behind the scenes part of the 24 hour pre-show bander conathon. She's on week four at Black Hills, I think. Yep. Week four. Yep. Welcome. You made it. And, yep. and at Black Hills, we get paid once a month, uh, which means if you start <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. beginning of the month, you have to wait like a whole month to get paid. So Cassie still is questioning <laughs> if she actually works at Black Hills. <laughs> she won't wait, you guys are getting and, paid? You ruined it, Jason. You ruined it. I was told this was a cult where uh sorry. Um, it is a cult. It, you, pay, you pay us to be a part of it. Yeah. It's just volunteer. It's like it's like signing a 99-year contract. It's fine. 
<laughs> Corey just found out he's not in the inner circle of the cult yet. <laughs> not yet. Just tell me whose uh, car I have to wash or whatever, you know. Sure. Yeah, that's it. That's the initiation. a forest and cut it down and give it to Jason so he can make it into paper for the zine. <laughs> that would be helpful. <laughs> uh, someone asked, when are people outside of the U.S. going to get the zine? Uh, the answer is when we figure out how to do that well. Uh, right now, we're mailing the zine for free. We produce it for free. We're sending out for free uh, to everyone. Uh, it does cost us money to do that. And so to send them in the U.S., to send one outside the U.S. is like costs as much as sending 10 inside the U.S. And so we're just trying to figure out what's the best way to do that. And whenever someone's like, well, I'll just pay you. It's like, well, that's actually really hard uh, to just pay <laughs> us a few dollars for a thing. Like it, how it goes up in the bank account. Like it, it's all weird. Uh, and so... It's easier for us to do it for free, uh, but also that means we have to figure out how to, to cover the cost of that. So, I gotta say the whole Bitcoin. I gotta say the whole thing works really well online. I I don't have a physical copy yet, but I've done I read all the things and did the puzzles and stuff all online. So it's you're only missing out on having the physical thing, which is not nothing, but you can still have BB, all the fun. BB, what do you think of the sound effects of the online person? The paper tickets? It gets a little old. Every page sounds every page turn sounds exactly like the last page turn. I couldn't turn it off. I, it's the feature that everyone has to enjoy. <laughs> you can mute the tab, it's fine. I like how Jason I want the live version of the magazine here. Can we get it? <laughs> the live version. It's amazing. Jason, you need a distribution point in each each, uh, like, you know, maybe not every country, but, you know. Is this a chain mail scenario? If you get this zine, please mail it to 10 people. <laughs> right. Great. Right. Take it to the copy shop. Make copies. 2,000 of them show up at Dale's house. 4,000 shows up at Max in Germany. White Rabbit said, opening and getting this magazine in the mail really made my day. I haven't I've uh, really huh? been able to find magazines that are exactly like it. Uh, yeah, we made it the very first one. So. That's uh, we should follow that. We should follow that white rabbit. White rabbit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, we're making a special version of the zine. And if you're like, but every issue is special. That is correct. Uh, but we're making an even specialer version. <laughs> More specialers. More specialist. So special. Uh, Ralph, uh, you have a class next week. How's that going? You have a class next week. You all ready? I, what I do? Oh shoot! All right. Uh, hacker ops. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, I do have a class next week. It's me. Very excited. I'm super excited about it. Yeah, you've been working on it for. I, I'm not going to call you out, but it's been. Sometime. I actually was telling my wife the other day. I've been actively trying to do this for a, an entire year ever since I joined Black Hills. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, creating a training course is not easy. Mm-hmm. It is an epic oh. amount of work, and um, yeah, I mm-hmm. it's it's a commitment, and you you got to drive forward through it. And yes, it's uh, you got to have some grit. <laughs> uh, you were just reading that book on grit. That's awesome. Yeah, great book. Uh, if anybody wants to talk about or talk about, excuse me, uh, read about um, like motivation and like how it drives you, and um, you know, to like get through things and. Um, book by uh i can't remember something duckworth i think though anyways um the uh the book is about grit and it talks about how you know having just the determination to continue through things 
uh, is how a lot of successful people um, succeed, right? And uh, the argument is, it's like uh, having grit is uh, more important than actually having natural talent. So. Mm -hmm. And if you're so looking not, for the, the cookbook, it's a different book called Grits. <laughs> <laughs> the cookbook, I, I bought it. I was expecting some recipes like butter, maybe some, you know, nothing. Uh, <laughs> all right. I, if I ever get hit by a bus and we need a replacement, Corey is replacing me. So. Corey's Wow. Oh, my God. The honor. Wow, that, is, that is a resounding. Did I get the Jason role in your Discord or do no. I have to make a new role? Like I'm sitting right here. I'm <laughs> just inherit his like his whole handle everything like nobody just no one sees you on camera anymore send me you all know? your passwords now yeah. just to be safe he Dan, just completely assumes jason's identity sorry Dan, you're a robin quivers if ever there was one yeah well, well, it's, it's probably oh. retribution for deb always using the word adequate to describe jason <laughs> <laughs> terribly adequate yes terribly <laughs> adequate <laughs> i just well, I still like comparing Jason to the uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation of uh, Matt Damon. That's what he looks like. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It's not Make-A-Wish. It's the Wish Company. Of Matt Damon is very different than the Wish Let's just say it's like great value. It's great value, Matt. Damon. It's great value. There's a lot of value with this, Jason. All right. It's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> it's Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Son of a. With that beard, though, it's really. I like how Ralph. I like how Ralph double. He did. He did it so wrong. It almost turned around into being right. <laughs> Make a wish. You know, uh, I would do it again. If it, knowing what I know now, I would do it exactly the same. <laughs> Hey, when are the geographically distant people getting the zine? Uh, I answered that. And uh, the answer is as soon as we can figure out how to mail things uh, financially, solvently overseas, because uh, we have hundreds of them. And there are some countries that we cannot mail it to, though, right now. I'm going to butcher this name because he keeps posting. Joe, Joe, I'm just going to call him Joe, but I think he's in Brazil. You can correct me with a phonetically correct spelling in the questions. All right. So uh, I, I will take requests. They said kill the Discord feed so we can introduce ourselves. But I will say this before I kill the Discord feed. Let us know in Discord where you are at in the world, either by saying the city, state, or country, or by posting a meme that means where you're from. So, Deb, if you could post the one for Baltimore. There we go. Uh, if you want to know what it's like to live in Baltimore, this sums it up right there. The crab with the knife. That is Baltimore. Uh, Ralph's got his ready to go. That's me, actually. Just, uh, yeah. That's smart doing the dismount before the gator gets you. In. Yeah. Yeah. They roll you in the water. It's a real thing. Oh, once, yeah. Once you're in the water, you're dead. Um, so, one of the things you get taught when you move to Florida as a child is that in like in elementary school, they're like, if you're ever chased by a gator, make sure you run and, you know, like a Chris Crass crisscross pattern because they can't change direction very well. They can run really fast straight, but they can't take curves. And you're like eight years old in elementary school being taught how to outrun a gator. So just When the wave goes here, don't be there. <laughs> I recently listened to a stuff you should know on gators, and that fact is not a fact. They, they said that that doesn't work. Don't run zigzag. Just run as fast as you can. Yeah, the, the guy, the guy with that that thing, he he was 
not, he was not even near a gator. Otherwise, he would have been eaten. So, uh, BB, you're going to give a presentation today. Thank you for doing that. I remember we reached out yeah. to you a couple of weeks ago and, and uh, we were talking about reporting at Black Hills because you know, we're a pen testing company. We write reports and we want our reports to be as best as they possibly can. And everyone, I think John on the call said, go watch BB's talk on how to give a report because it's really good and it's like a good foundation for how we should report or something. And then I was like, well, BB, do you want to do it for the whole community? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And so now we're here. So thanks for doing this. Yeah. Today. So I, I, I gave a version of this at uh, Wildwest Hack and Fest a couple of years ago and then another one at B-Sides Cleveland. So if you find them online and you want to watch one of those, the one at B-Sides Cleveland is better because it's the second time I'm giving it. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but I cover a lot of the same stuff. Now, but I, I'm trying to get into some hands-on things at the end, so things you can actually apply rather than just talking at you about how it's important to use good words. Mm. So it's all it's all brand new and, yeah. and very exciting. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. Yeah, I sat in on when you were giving it live one time, and, and you showed me this one trick in Microsoft Word, and I was like, <gasps> I'm going to show everybody that trick today. Yeah, so I'm excited. Let's be real. Using Microsoft Word is way harder than getting DA. Well, like, honestly, <laughs> you drag an image and the whole program looks like it wants to kill you. <laughs> See, this is where well, Ralph's thing about... You hear sirens when you drag an image. This is where Ralph's thing about grit comes in. You got you to gotta apply your grit to Microsoft Word as well. You got to just is, walk yeah, through true. it. Oh, God. I agree. Microsoft Word is like, it's like a lot of things. It's, it's the worst possible thing except for everything else that's available. So it's not <laughs> awesome. You can make it work. Yeah. Uh, for everyone joining us right now, this is not the webcast. The webcast will begin in seven minutes. If you're here early, this is called pre-show banter. If you're new to Black Hills Information Security, we do this before every single webcast that we do, where we show up at least 30 minutes early and when we just chit chat and talk and get to know you and get to know each other. Uh, if you're like, get to know each other. Yeah, we all work remotely. And so I'm spending time with Tim here, who's new and Corey and Cassie's new. And since Ryan hit the button um, so soon, we got a lot more time to spend with each other uh, well, like we're watching. experienced now we did 24 hours we can do a little bit longer i didn't think yes. there was a problem yeah uh, the one thing about doing a webcast is every time we do it it feels like we're doing it for the first time even though we do it all the time we're like what are we doing again this is technically the first time bb's given this presentation for the third time mm. <laughs> always the and first for the third it's all brand new oh. Oh, that is actually honestly exciting that it's that's yeah, like the, it's like the remix it's like the remix it's like the uh you know 20 years later the author writes another book and they're like i i did it again but i did it better this time right it's like well remember when you were in school and you had to write papers and sometimes the teacher would want a first draft of the paper and then they would want like a final draft and then word processors came out and you're like well my first draft just morphs into my final draft why should i do a separate one this is like my second draft so I, I, I took everything that I learned from giving it once and hearing people's feedback and all that, and I tried to focus in on a couple of things that I think are actually more important than just uh, laughing at things done badly. Mm. And well, not to add to the pressure, but we have had feedback that a lot of shops use this as their like actual real Canon report training that they do for every employee. <laughs> you just started here? Watch BB's class. Mandatory. Mm. It's part yep. of day one training. That's true. That's, that's legitimately true. Yeah, so you watched it two days training. before showing up. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh, what was that, Tim? I, I watched it two days before showing up. Hmm. 
overachiever. Committed. I found that BB's report has ruined me for reading anything because now I pick everything apart when I'm reading it. <laughs> you know, there's two ways to look at that. One is is to I, I love to laugh at signs and and things that are poorly worded, and I just think it's I think they're just hilarious sometimes. But after years of doing that, I've learned that sometimes, you know, in a sign in a small place, I know what you mean. Um, and that's the point. It doesn't have to be perfectly done. Um, and if you've actually made a mistake, noticing those mistakes in things that are produced for real by real corporations should give you some some comfort that you can make mistakes, too. They make mistakes and they're still filthy rich. Right. You can make mistakes <laughs> and not worry about it too much. So it's not about being perfect. It's about doing the best you can at the time and and, and you know. Being nice to yourself. What is I'm your favorite? What is your one of your favorite signs that are this misdone? Because mine is slow children. But my favorite signs, my fa- absolute favorite signs, are the ones that use uh, the signs for prices for things, and when they use the cents symbol. So it'll be like you know, coffee point five zero cents. Like hey, two for a penny. That's awesome. <laughs> but I never, I never play that one because the math person math at the cash jokes. register. Very nice. <laughs> There's a whole book about this called Eat, Shoots, and Leaves. It's about, yeah, it's it's like uh, about grammar in public places. And just, it's a very extremely grammarian nerdy book, but it's a fun, it's a fun read. If you like that one at all, the next book you should read is called, uh, it's called Between You and Me, Confessions of a Comma Queen. And it's written by an editor who used to work for, I think, The New Yorker which is like, if you want grammar and stuff, the New Yorker is a place to look for it. And it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's wonderful. I, I would refer to myself as a comma queen after reading that book so many times. It's, it's just fun. It's just fun. As long as, you're fun. as long as you're not like mean about it and, and actually beat people up for getting a comma in the wrong place. It's fun to notice, but sometimes maybe most of the time, just keep it to yourself. <laughs> you don't want to be the person who nitpicks in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, a couple things, things, yeah. a couple things is we're uh we're live streaming to youtube right now too so we're now just on go to webinar and when this is over the recording will be made available immediately now it's going to have the pre-show banter into it so if you need to hop to where the webcast starts we'll put a, a bookmark in there for you uh, but if you want to watch on youtube you can still uh, totally do that if you don't like go to webinar the only thing is that if you only watch on YouTube, you will not get a certificate that says you were here that you can put towards your CPEs or CEUs or whatever you call them. And so if you're watching only on YouTube and you don't use GoToWebinar, then we won't be able to send you that certificate that says you were here. Uh, we got a two-minute warning. Uh, so I, I think that's two minutes if you're here early. Thanks. Uh, real quick, who we are. I'm Jason Blanchard. I'm the content and community director of Black Hills Information Security. Deb. And then you call so the I'm community manager, Dale. Uh, resident Canadian, Dale. Call You're going to introduce yourself, Dale? Corey, I'm a hacker at Black Hills. Tim. I'm a hacker at Black Hills. <laughs> Ryan. Oh, I forgot. Uh, Ryan. <laughs> premature button presser. <laughs> <laughs> premature button presser. There we go. Cassie. Cassie. I'm Cassie. I'm the new content manager for Black Hills. Uh, wow. David. Oh, good. I'm a hacker of Black Hills as well. CJ. I'm not a hacker of Black Hills. I keep the hackers working. Get back to work. <laughs> oh, wait. This is work. Ralph. Wow. Ralph. 
I am a tester of black kills and a serial pre-show banter participant. Mm. That's uh, and with that, everyone go ahead and kill your cameras and microphones if you're not going to be uh, presenting today. So that's just currently me and BB. Uh, so please help in the back and and help answer questions in Discord and in GoToWebinar. So David, go ahead and kill your camera for us. All right. So BB, we're going to make you the presenter. We're going to bring up your slides and then we're going to make sure that everyone can see your presentation and then we'll get started. All right, everybody, it is one o'clock Eastern time. Uh, right now it is October 28th and BB King is going to give a presentation called Hack for Show Report for Doe Part 2. It can almost be called Redux instead of it just being a part two because you didn't need to watch part one because he's going to recap part two as soon as we get started. Uh, but my name is Jason Blanchard. I'm the content and community director at Black Hills Information Security. We do these webcasts all the time. They're totally free. And we do everything we can not to do any sales or marketing during them. Uh, so what I'm going to say right now is the only time we'll do that. If you ever need a red team, pen test or threat hunt or active sock, you know where to find us. All right, BB, go ahead and do your thing. We'll be here if you have any questions or if we have any questions. That's all you. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you all for coming to listen to me talk about reporting, probably the least exciting sounding thing about pen testing and information security, but also, I think, probably the most important thing. Um, I'm going to have a hard time keeping track of Discord while we're going, but please ask questions in there. And if something comes up, um, Jason will interrupt me and throw it my way so I can answer those questions. So hack for show, report for dough. It's a play, and there's a golf thing, you know, drive for show, putt for dough. I don't play golf, but I understand the reference. You know, one thing looks really cool, but the other thing is where the money happens, right? So I've been a uh, pen tester at Black Hills InfoSec for about six years now. Um, I'm actually wearing the shirt that I got the day I started at DerbyCon. That was my first day at, at Black Hills InfoSec was at DerbyCon in 2015. Uh, I've been pen testing, though, since 2008. Um, I kind of owe my pen testing career to PCI because the place I was working at at the time had to comply. And PCI stuff took effect, I think, in 2007. But uh, like a lot of you, I didn't come to information security through a straight path. I didn't do computer science in college. I didn't do even a programming certificate. Uh, I, I have a degree in, in art. I have a bachelor's of fine arts in theater, of all things. So uh, so my perspective on this is different, which might be why we don't hear about this topic from other folks as often. But I, I believe, and I hope to convince you, that your report matters more than your hacking, way, way, way more than your hacking. Um, we said in the, the email that went out for this that uh, you know I've been making my living at pen testing for years, BHIS has also, but we have never once been paid to do a pen test. And I think that's true. Um, you get paid for the report, right? The, the pen test is, is how you create the report, but nobody ever says, hey, I just want you to pen test this environment and let me know when you're done, right? If someone wants you to do that, you should um, maybe not do it. It's, it's awfully close to crime at that point, right? Why would they want that if they don't want the report? So along with that, we get questions a lot about how can I become a better tester? Uh, and, and a lot of the answers about becoming a better tester is uh, get a certification, take some classes, whether there's a certification or not, uh, work on, on CTFs. Uh, CTFs are not at all the same thing as pen testing, but they are a great way to learn tools, to learn a way of looking at systems, looking for problems. Um, and you're kind of guaranteed to find stuff there, right? If you stick, at, stick with it long enough, whereas with a pen test, maybe they've got their bases covered and the stuff that you normally do doesn't work. 
Uh, you can set up scenarios in your labs. Uh, home labs are great for learning how to become a better tester. You can write tools to automate stuff. I know that's a, uh, we have a lot of folks at BHIS that just love to automate things. And the, the value in automating is often just in having a better understanding of what actually has to happen. The automation, automation itself may not make up for the time you spent doing the automation, <laughs> but even if it doesn't, it's still worth doing because you've learned something new about how to set things up. You learn some tools that maybe you don't spend time with every day, and that's great. Uh, you can help other people. I, I find I learn the most when I'm trying to help other people. If, um, if someone has a question for me about a topic that I think I understand and I struggle with the answer, that's a clue to me that I don't understand it as well as I thought I might. Um, but if I put myself out there as a person who can help, um, my ego won't let me say, I don't know, figure it out yourself. Um, I will say, I don't know, but then I'll go figure it out. <laughs> I'll spend forever doing that, trying to help other people. Um, you, you might wonder why work on your reporting isn't on this list. Well, because that's what the whole talk's about. So if you want to get better, what, what does better mean? Uh, better means, generally speaking, closer to some ideal, closer to, to how some things should be if everything was perfect. So, okay, next question, what's the ideal? And um, a, a person who's been very influential to me in my life would often ask, when I asked her that question, she would often say, well, that depends. What's your goal? What should I do in this situation? I don't know. What's the outcome you want? So, so why do you do this? If you want to get better, you want to get closer to an ideal, what is that ideal? Why are you doing this? I think we're doing it because testing makes things better. Closer to the ideal situation, which is where people can safely use their computers to do their computery things and not get hacked, not lose their data, not get ransomware, just, you know, like it used to be in the, in the good old days. It was never that way. But that's the ideal, right? We want it to be safe for people to do things. We're testing, we're testing not to show how cool we are. We're not testing to show how bad you are at administering things, right? Neither one of those is a good goal. We're trying to make things better. So how does testing make things better? It doesn't. Testing doesn't make anything better. Testing is just a series of actions that you take. Um, if you want to make things better, you have to take action based on what you learned during your testing. Yes, I'm splitting hairs on purpose because it's important. Taking action to improve the situation is how you make things better. And the report that you write is going to influence which actions will be taken. Influence, not determine. You're not going to say in your report, these are the 10 things you must fix, um, unless you're like the internal security organization and that's your actual position, then maybe you are. But where I sit as a consultant, I'm just making recommendations. I'm describing what I see, and I'm saying, here's you know, five things you might want to work on. So your report is your product. You talk about businesses. What do businesses do? They produce commodities. They produce goods and services. So a service would be to get something done, and a good would be a thing. Um, your thing that you produce is your report. It's, it's what they're paying you for. If you did everything awesome except the report, you're not going to get paid. Or if you do get paid, you're going to get sued to get the money back because you haven't given them anything worth looking at. The test itself 
is just it's it's dust in the wind, right? It's just it's stuff that you do throughout the day, and as soon as you do the thing, it's over and it's gone. It's like it's like sound. It's like a song. You hear it as it's happening, but as soon as you hear it, it's over. What you make is reports. So what's a report? Jason Blanchard had a great talk a couple of months back about how to give presentations. And in that, he makes the claim that we are all born storytellers. It's how we share information. It's how we've done it since, since we were able to communicate with each other as whatever we were millions of years ago uh, when we didn't have writing or good language. We still told stories somehow. It's how, it's how we like to communicate as people. Hearing a story is way more interesting than just seeing a list of facts. And your report is, I mean, you could think of it as a list of facts, right? Here's some vulnerabilities. Here's some things you're doing well. So it, it could just be a list. But that's boring. You don't want just a list. Your report is your product. You're a storyteller because you're human. I don't mean you're a great author. I don't mean you're a fantastic poet. I don't mean you can weave an interesting tale. I don't mean that your report is a novel or even a short story or even a coherent arc from beginning to middle to end. But it is a series of scenes. Uh, you might think of them as little vignettes, if you like words like vignettes. Uh, it, it might be a mystery, but it's not a crime story because there's no central thing. There's no villain. There's no problem you're trying to solve. You're basically exploring. It's like it's like a whole series of side quests. You've got a game, but the report is just everything you did along the way. So you're a storyteller. Just believe that for a few minutes. And look at your report as telling the story of what you saw while you were doing the test. What you're doing there as the security person is you're making connections. You're noticing things that other people aren't going to notice. People whose job is not to focus on security are not going to notice the things that you notice. So you should write them down. Put them in the report. Describe what you found. Describe what led you to make those connections between a particular set of facts in the environment and a vulnerability that you might try to exploit so that the reader can understand that and follow along with you and tell it as a story. Here's some advice you see in every, any, every time anyone talks about doing pen testing for real. And if you want to do it at all, at any level of quality at all, they'll always say, never just copy paste scanner output. That's that way is pen test puppy mills. I ran a Nessus scan, I repackaged the re report, and I sent it to you and I sent you a bill. That's not a pen test. That's a vulnerability scan. So if you believe that, if you're with me on that, that, that running a scan and looking at the report is not a pen test, then you're at least halfway to, to joining me at believing that your report is the more important part. How you're presenting information in the report is more important than the information itself. A lot of times I find, and you've found, whether you're a tester or whether you're a, a blue team person who gets pen test reports, you have, you have, I guarantee you've seen a case where the report includes a vulnerability that you already knew about and you haven't been able to fix. You wanna fix it, but for some reason you can't. Maybe there's some backwards compatibility thing, maybe there's some politics, maybe it's too expensive, maybe it's, you know, some important political person's pet project and nobody can touch that. You may have seen the information before, but if it's not presented clearly so that it illustrates the risk and the potential for compromise, it's easy to overlook it. So you're the expert here. 
So apply your expertise. You're better than a scanner. Don't just be a scanner. There's um, uh, there's an author uh, whose name escapes me at the moment, but it'll come to me, um, who writes on information design. Uh, Edward Tufte, that's his name, Edward Tufte. And he's got a book called, I think it's The Visual Display of Quantitative Information, which is an awesome title. Um, I think that's the one that has the the description of the space shuttle Challenger uh, explosion and how the risks of launching on that day were presented to the managers. All the facts were there. It, if you laid out those facts clearly along the relevant axis, which is temperature, because it was really cold that day, and the question was, is it too cold to launch? The way they presented that information was as a time series. So the fact that there was more damage done to the O-rings and those solid rocket boosters as the temperature dropped was not clear. It was in there, but it wasn't clear. The information that could have saved the lives of those seven people was there, but it wasn't presented well enough that the decision makers saw it. So it's almost worse than not having it. That report matters. That report, it matters. So the problem with a scanner is there's no story. Scanners are dumb. There's no context for the story. There's nothing but severity that to distinguish any one thing from any other thing. And severity is subjective. There are um, my favorite things to find when I'm doing uh, a pen test that starts with a vulnerability scan are those little gems hidden in the informationals. There's a there's an informational uh, that there's oh there's office documents available on this system, and well, of course, that's informational because sometimes people share office documents on web servers, right? But I'm going to go look and see what those documents are. Maybe they're not meant to be there. That's a really cool one to find. Oh, look, passwords.docx on your web server. It's happened. And those are fun. And that's where I'm applying my knowledge and my understanding as a security person uh, to look for clues and to chase them down and to tell the story of what I'm finding. What you bring is your perspective. And that brings the context of the security world to it. And that's what brings the value that you can put in the report and then deliver to your customer, whether it's an internal customer or whether you're working as a consultant. So while you're doing this, you are the security expert. And we talk about imposter syndrome a lot in, in security. I, I imagine every place talks about imposter syndrome because we all still feel like little kids at some level, right? But... I want you to accept the fact that while you're doing a pen test, you are the security expert. On that team, you are the one whose job it is to look at the security aspects, to understand them, to, to fish them out from the noise, and to explain them to people. The problem people have with the word expert is that it's a loaded word. If I come to you and say, oh, I'm an expert in, uh, I don't know, making bread then you're going to think that I think I'm awesome and I never make a mistake and all my breads are fantastic and I've never burned a loaf. That's not, that's not what expert means. It just means that you're the one whose area of responsibility is security for this. You're the security expert. That's all, that's all it means. Use whatever you have to make that work. Whatever you've got in your head and your experience, you'll get better as you go. You'll never be perfect and that's okay. You're still the expert. So hopefully that puts a little bit of pressure on you to try to act like you might think an expert would be, but also maybe it gives you some ammunition to defend yourself that, hey, yeah, I'm the expert here, but it doesn't mean I know everything, right? That's fair. So when you're doing your report, there are things you can do that are kind of like copy pasting from your scanner, 
Um, and some of us do these. Um, and sometimes it's all right. If you provide enough context, it's fine. If you don't provide context, you're not providing context. And facts without context are not as helpful as facts with context. So this next slide, uh, I'm going to show you the slide for two seconds. And I want you to think to yourself, what is the problem here? If I were to have to fix this thing, what's the thing I would do? Right? Two seconds, because people skim through these things, right? Ready? Here we go. What was the problem? Let's go back. Weak password policy. And here's a screenshot. Okay. Got it. Um, 180 days. Um, minimum age zero. 18 passwords retained. Five failures and we lock you out for 30 minutes. What's Which one of those is the tester complaining about? I, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do to fix this. If instead we did this, we added some words above it. The default password policy accepted passwords as short as eight characters. And if we put a circle around the part that indicates that in the screenshot, and if we put a caption that said, this is the domain policy, domain password policy for the Contoso domain. Well, now it's clear. Now you can look at this for two seconds and go, oh, they're complaining that my passwords are too short. Right? Doesn't take a lot. That's the kind of context that I'm looking for when I'm looking at reports. Here's another one. The server listed below accepted connections encrypted using SSL2, SSL3, TLS1, TLS1.1, or weak ciphers. But well, well, which is it? Which is it? This is this is what I call may contain one or more of the following. If you ever read the ingredients list on processed foods, a lot of them have this section that says may contain one or more of the following, and then has a list of stuff. Um, at least in this case, those are all like plant matter. So, okay, that's good. Sometimes it's a list of um, like that, that thing in the, in the bottom there, carbo, what, carboxymethylcellulose. Like, what is that? I'm not sure what that is. And the question that comes to mind is, well, you made these pretzels. How do you not know what's in them? Why are you saying it might contain one or more of the following? And the answer for food in this case is that, well, Maybe they use different kinds of vegetable oil, and they just use the cheapest one available at that time when they're making the stuff. And they don't want to have to have different labeling when they put different oils in their oil drums or however they do this, right? And that makes sense. That's fine for, for packaging. Made in a facility that may use peanuts. I love that one, too. Maybe, maybe not. They're just covering their bases. It's okay. It's okay, I think, for these. And it's fun to laugh at, but you can understand why they do it. But not in a pen test. You know what it accepted. You know whether it was SSL2 or SSL3. And you know why this came up, right? So instead, you could say the server listed at 10, 10, 10, 10, accepted connections encrypted using TLS 1, 1.1 and weak ciphers. And they were weak because they're based on RC4 and they had short key lengths. Right? Just a little bit of context. That's all we're doing. This is, this is a little bit of context, a little bit of clarity about what we actually saw and describing it the way humans would describe it. I, this is a, a peeve of mine when I see somebody say, oh, here's a list of all the affected systems, and then there's one thing. Like, that's, it feels very legalistic to me at that point. It feels like um, the, the person who wrote that report um, is trying to do as little as possible to, to just get it done and just get it out the door. 
uh, and this is what was in the template. So you know that's where the number goes. So I'm going to fill this in and I'm going to move on. You can take a little bit of time and make it more human friendly by doing something like I've done here. So make it obvious why you're complaining about something or why you're why you're giving them a pat on the back for something. Maybe you found something that's normally a problem in the test that you find that you do, but in this case it wasn't a problem. They had it right. Give them a pat on the back and make it obvious why. This is the second most common failure I see in reporting. Uh, and this is, um, this is very common, especially um, when someone's new to pen testing, uh, not mentioning attacks that failed. This is part of the story. If, if your attacks that always work in other places don't work here, that means that this organization or this team in your corporation is doing a better job than you're used to seeing. That's notable. You're the security expert. You often see a mistake made in this area, but here your team is doing it great. Write that down. That's important. They need to know that. So then the question always becomes from the tester I'm talking to, they, they say, well, what do you, how am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to write down everything that didn't work? Like, don't I have time to test then? I can't write down everything that didn't work. I agree. I agree. You can't write down everything that didn't work. You should write enough to justify the expense that the customer is paying, whether it's your salary or whether it's for the report at the end of the test. How much time did it take? Did, did it take you 45 minutes to chase something down and it turned out to be not an issue and they were doing everything right? You should have a sentence there, a couple of sentences that says, you know, the tester looked for these things. We use these tools to probe for this kind of thing and the results all came back clean. You look good. So enough to prove that you did the work and enough to, um, to give a strong indication that you are correct in your conclusion. So here's an example. We're going to show things that worked. This is from the uh, Red Siege had a CTF at uh, Wild, West Hack Infected, Wild West Hack Infest in Reno. And I, I did a report um, on that CTF just, to, just so I had some examples to show people because it's, it's hard to find examples to show. Um, because I'm a big believer in you, you can't ever redact a real report well enough to use it publicly. Uh, so, so this one's just a CTF. So we're going to show what worked. So here was a challenge. There was a picture. There was an image, a JPEG file. And the challenge was, uh, can you find any information, any metadata in this file? So here I ran EXIF tool, and the image description had the flag in it. So it also had the latitude and longitude, which is was the clue. You know, you're looking for where it was taken. So it was taken here. Uh, but here's the flag. So I'm showing you what I did. This is a vulnerability, right? This is, this is a finding. I found the thing, and here's what I did to do it. So the reader of this report can do what I just did. They can get that UFO JPEG file. They can run EXIF tool. They can see exactly what I saw. This is a good illustration. So less obviously, you know, include the things that didn't work. And, and then the worst case scenario I like to put in someone's mind who says, I don't know how to write down things that didn't work, is what if nothing works? Just, just worst case scenario, what if nothing works? And at the end of two weeks, you have zero findings. Are you going to give them a report that says, hey, good, way to go, man. Awesome. No, that's going to be bad. There will be questions. At the minimum, there will be questions. <laughs> and difficult conversations. So if this image did not have the flag in the metadata that EXIF tool extracts, I might say, 
The tester analyzed the image with strings and with EXIF tool, but found no sensitive information. Okay, so that, that justifies, that explains, you know, maybe 15 minutes worth of work. So this isn't a huge thing, but it tells you I looked. It tells you I used the obvious tools to look in the obvious places, and I didn't find anything. That's important. It's part of what you did with the time that was given to you to accomplish this test. When you're using your words, remember that you have two audiences for your report. One of them is technical. That's the easy one. And one of them is the business side. So for the technical folks, uh, in our reports at BHIS, we have a section called methodology, which is not a methodology at all, but more of a like a blow by blow of the test. I saw this, I did this, I got this result. I saw this, I did this, I got that result. This is for the technical folks. When you're writing this, think about the reader as, as maybe yourself a couple of years ago, or if you have a good friend who's really smart and always has answers on the system administration side of things, it's that person, somebody who knows computers, who knows networks really, really well, but just doesn't pen test. So they're not familiar with all the tools that you use for pen testing, and they need a little bit of handholding in terms of understanding how to use the tools that you use. Their job is going to be to fix the things that you have in the report, the, the findings, the, the negative findings, or the, yes, negative findings. I found a vulnerability that's negative. It's bad. So your report should help them accomplish that fix. It should let them follow in your footsteps, do exactly what you did, see what you saw, make the fix that they believe is going to resolve the problem, and then repeat those steps and make sure it doesn't, the, the vulnerability is fixed. Make it easy for them to do that. So the only hard part I think about this one is just realizing that you as a pen tester, you know these tools inside and out. And the person who's reading your report is every bit as smart as you. They just don't use the same tools all day. So you've got to give them a little handholding to, um, to get through that. And then the business people, there's always an executive summary. They're, well, our reports always have an executive summary. And I recommend that yours do too. So these people are also very smart. There, there's some animosity sometimes between business people and technical people, and it doesn't help. Um, the people who are running the organizations, I think it's safe to say that in most cases, to get there, they've got to be smart, right? Just in a different area than you are smart in. We talk different languages sometimes. They'll, they'll, say, they'll say cyber to talk about computery things, and we'll be over here snickering like that's a dumb word. Uh, but it makes sense in their context. Like, what's the other word that you would use instead of cyber? Eh, I try not to use cyber because I feel like I don't like it. <laughs> but it's a totally useful word for folks in who are not down in the in the in the in the dirt all the time, right? So for this group, you want to talk about policies and procedures, and you want to understand they have conflicting priorities, and make it clear that you understand that. And you want to tell them that you understand they have limited resources. And so if I've got 10 things that I want you to fix, maybe you can't fix all 10. I'm going to help you prioritize. They have to allocate the resources to fix this. So they have to tell the technical people, yes, I'm going to give you two weeks to make this fix. Go ahead and do that. Don't do other things. Do this instead. So help them prioritize your findings and make assignments to the right groups to fix those things. Hey, uh, CJ. Hey, CJ. Hey, I just thought I'd give you a chance to take a breath. And, uh, Am I talking too fast? No, you're doing great. But okay. I just wanted to talk from the manager perspective because John always has a thing he likes to say as, as the representative of the pointy hair boss. Um, 
But John always says, you got to give managers a lever they can pull to change the result, right? They just want to know, what do I need to do? And, and your thing about storytelling is effective when you give the manager a story at the level he needs to tell board members or convince other people. So that's where the whole storytelling thing, like you got to give him that story. You got to hand it to him on a silver platter to, to get him to pull the lever. If the lever is increase the password length, but he knows, you know, I've got, I'll have people who are up in arms. That's what the pen test helps to show people is, is the impact and the ease with which something causes a problem because they'll understand that visceral. Yep. Yep. Exactly. They're, they're, uh, my bottom line point here is they are just as smart or smarter than you. They just live in a different world. So yeah. they're not familiar with your tools. You're a specialist. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so treat them like smart people who just maybe don't use the same words you use. Yeah, distill it down. That's that's definitely the service. So um, you've got no questions. So what you're saying is common sense enough and presented well enough. But there's just not a lot of questions. So I thought All I'd right. just do some commentary back at Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So if the number two most common problem is not talking about things that didn't work, the number one by far is is being too technical in the executive summary. Uh, I I think I see at least a little bit of this in almost every single report I read. Because uh, it's hard to do. It's hard to get out of your own head. It's hard to, to take that step back and put yourself in the mindset of somebody whose interests are not where your interests are, but whose motivation is the same. Like that's, it's hard to separate those things, I think. So here's some more examples from real reports. Um, in, in the executive summary, there was a report we had that said uh, a device was found to be vulnerable to unauthenticated command line access. Successful exploitation of this vulnerability could lead to root access to the device. That's what it said in the executive summary. If you're a technical person, you know what this means, right? And, and if I told you what the device was, you would know how serious that was. And this did say what the device was. But does an executive know what unauthenticated command line access means? Like, does it, does it like intuitive? Does it just click like, oh, I know what that means? Could lead to root access? Well, did it or didn't it? You were testing. You should know whether it did or didn't. And also root access. Uh, I, I think maybe I think a majority of executives would know what that means, but not all of them. So if you want to demonstrate the impact, and you do, maybe you would explain this this way instead. You would say the testers found a device that allowed anybody on the lab network to obtain administrative access with no password. So right, unauthenticated command line could lead to root. That's the same thing, but it's more in English. And the impact of that is anyone on the lab network could trivially take full control of this device and any system attached to it. So which of these is scarier? Which of these is harder to ignore, harder to gloss over and go, oh, there's technical jargon, right? So imagine that your client, your customer, whoever's reading this report is competent and they know what they're doing. Maybe they already run vulnerability scans. Maybe they already know about this. Maybe this is something that they, they when they set it up, one of the technical people, when they set this up, they went, oh, gosh, this is uh, no login and you get root. Um, I need to fix that. And maybe they put a password on it and something failed. So they went, oh, gosh, undo that. And then they got distracted with something else. Maybe they already know. Here's another one from executive summary again. BHIS was able to obtain LSAS.exe dump files from a number of systems. 
and take the files offline to retrieve the plain text passwords of logged in users with Mimikatz. What's good, good, that's great testing, right? You got administrative access, you, 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 you thought to pull this thing down, you thought to, to extract the information that's in there, and if you're technical, you know what's in there. But if you're not technical, what's, what's the problem here? What, what led to that? What, what is the lever to pull, like CJ was saying? What's the thing we could do to prevent this from happening? If this is something you're putting in the executive summary, it's something you're concerned about, you think I should be concerned about. Well, maybe rephrase it this way. We gained administrator level access to five systems, not a number of systems, a number, any number is a number. Is it one, is it a million? Five systems based on their use of a very weak shared password. Using that access, we exported some of the RAM to an offline device. We ran Mimikatz. We found the clear text password for every user who is logged in, regardless of how long or random those passwords were. Again, which one's scarier? Which one of these is more likely to invoke some action out of the executives? LSAS? They don't know what LSAS is. They might have heard of Mimikatz, and that's why I kept it in the rephrased one. Because uh, it's helpful for them. Oh, I heard about Mimikatz. There was some breach that I used Mimikatz. Oh, so that gives them a hook to, oh, that's something familiar to me. And now they understand why that's dangerous. So this kind of implies the answer. The answer is have stronger passwords. Don't share your passwords. And also, once we get admin access, it doesn't matter how long your passwords are anymore because we can pull them out of memory for anybody who's logged into that system. So I think one's more informative and a little more scary and a little better. So here's one for you to do on your own. How would you rephrase this one for executives? Systems were discovered that did not validate the integrity of authentication requests against file share related services. I don't think an executive is gonna make the leap to understand what that means. So play with that one. Again, assume that they're competent. Here was a suggestion in a report. It, it, it said that they, the customer should implement policies that require the use of strong network protocols. Uh, and then it said these vulnerabilities can be addressed easily and quickly. This, this is, I think, a little unfair to the customer. It assumes that they don't have any policies around network protocols. Maybe they do, and maybe this, this was an exception, or maybe they do and they're being Im imperfectly applied. So assume that they have those, assume that they know the basics, and maybe say review the policies and the procedures and the baseline configurations to ensure that insecure features and protocols are prohibited. And then check your business needs to ensure that any exceptions are justified, documented, and set for periodic review. So this is telling the executive, hey, I understand that things are complicated. I understand that, that maybe this is not something you could just simply turn off. Maybe there's a reason you've got it disabled in this particular area. But make sure that's on your list of things to check up on. And as soon as you can solve that problem, do it. The other reason I have this one here is because, because of this, this uh, easily and quickly. My, my rule of thumb is that if I ever find myself trying to say something like, well, if you would just do this, or a simple change like that would solve your problem, I stop. And I think, you know what? I don't know what these folks are up against. Maybe they already know this, maybe they don't, but I'm going to assume that they're competent and I'm going to assume that they know what network protocols are in use on their network. And there's probably some reason that they haven't fixed it already. So rather than saying, hey, this is simple, you could just take care of it in a weekend. That might be true. It's probably not true. So give them a little, a little more credit. So how do you get better? 
at reporting. Are there tricks and shortcuts and automation? Eh, kind of, kind of, but don't jump to automation. So my question is an old joke. How many therapists does it take to change a light bulb? And the answer is one, but the light bulb has to want to change. So you might say, dad yeah, joke. Yeah, right, but it's relevant. It's almost relevant. So how do you get better? Well, it's simple. You can easily get better if you just practice. Doesn't that sound a little condescending? It's easy to get better. Just practice. You know that. The problem is not that you don't know that. The problem is you have conflicting priorities, just like the executives had conflicting priorities when they try to disable SMB version one or when they try to require uh, message signing. It's not as simple as you think. So when I said if you did, said, that, said it like that, if I said you just just practice, did that make you feel a little bit like maybe you don't like me so much anymore? Maybe I don't understand the world you're living in. That's how it comes across to executives when you say it's a simple fix. Don't say it. So we're getting very close to the demo part, and I'm gonna have time for it. So uh, the other thing about so I ask a question. Is there a question? Yeah. Go. How long are you taking to write these reports? How long does it take? How long does it take? Oh, that's one of my favorite questions. All the time there is. I don't have an answer to that. I, I report as I go. I don't have a separate time when I do my reporting. I'm While I'm doing things, I am typing. The tester you know, sent the request through Burp's proxy and intercepted it, and we changed this parameter to type look for injection, and I do a screenshot. It's, it's all part of the testing. It's, it's hard to get there, but... If you can think of reporting as part of the testing, not as a thing you do separate from it, you'll start to get there. Right answer. <laughs> so we're using our words, we're also using screenshots. And the thing to keep in mind for screenshots is to illustrate, don't decorate, little Johnny Cochran lawyer rhyming things for you here. So accurate, you want them to be accurate, which means they're conforming to facts, they're, they're, they're correct. And you want them to be precise, which means strictly distinguished from others. So that means that your screenshot should have stuff in it that's relevant and should not have stuff that's not relevant to some degree, right? So accurate means it's helpful and precise means that it's clear. You'll know you have a good screenshot when, it, when you, it's hard to misinterpret it. It's hard to look at that screenshot and go, why is this here? What am I supposed to get out of this? So the way you do this is you crop your screenshot to the relevant portion. Anytime you find yourself grabbing a whole window, you're probably making a mistake. Not always, but probably. You want to direct the viewer's attention. So boxes and arrows, circle things, put arrows pointing at stuff. It might be obvious to you. It's not obvious to your reader, and it doesn't hurt to point their attention directly at what you're talking about. Make it harmonious. That's not a technical word. What this means is make it fit with the surrounding part of the report. Uh, so one of the things that makes it harmonious is that the text in the image that you want the reader to see should probably be about the same size as the text that you're typing in the report right above and below the screenshot. And the last thing is dark mode is bad. It's bad for screenshots. You can use it all you want. It's fine. Use it. I'm not expressing an opinion about dark mode itself, but for screenshots, it's terrible. Don't take screenshots in dark mode. It's not just me who believes this. Rob Fuller believes the same thing. This is a book from a fantastic technical publisher. They write excellent books. They produce wonderful things that I've learned so much from. And they have a book that has screenshots of Visual Studio Code 
with its default dark mode interface. I have this book. You cannot read a single word in that screenshot. Don't use dark mode in your screenshots. All right. We're going to look at Microsoft Word now. And I'm dun, going to be dun, dun. Right. Oh, Yes, it's a demo time. So I got 20 minutes. This is awesome. So some things you can do in Word to make these easier for you. I'm going to start with inserting a screenshot. I know a lot of testers struggle with screenshots. I take a bunch of screenshots. I have a folder full of screenshots. And then when I go to do my report, I can't tell which one's which. Don't ever have a folder full of screenshots. In Word, insert. So here we go. Here's, here's, my, here's my thing that I did. And I'm, this is what's going in my report. Uh, Example.com gets an F for security headers, shockingly enough. So I want to put a screenshot of this in here. Well, one thing I could do is I can right-click here, and I can say, take screenshot in Firefox. And it says, do you want the full page or do you just want the viewport? So oh, give me the full page. And I copy that to my clipboard, and I paste. That's terrible. Don't do that. It takes up a whole page. It's hard to read. That's not what you want. That's not a good screenshot. Instead, maybe, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could go to the insert menu, the insert ribbon, and I can say insert screenshot. And I have available windows. And there's my window. And I just click on that one. And now I have my whole window in there. And it's just there. It's nowhere else. But wait a second. Didn't, didn't, didn't the guy just say I should do screenshots of whole windows? Yes, you're paying attention. Good job. I did say that. So I don't want that either. I want to insert screenshot, screen clipping. And now word goes away, the screen dims, and I got my crosshairs, and I say, this is the part I care about. And I let go, and poof, it's in my report already. Not bad, huh? That's pretty quick. But let's make it a good screenshot. It's kind of small. The text, is, you can read it, but it's, eh, it's smaller than the text around it. So how can I make it bigger? Well, I can change the size of my window, right? This one is, it's a responsive design. So it responds as I change the size of it. So is there a good size? If I stop somewhere, do I have a good size? Here's kind of wide. There's some white space over here. That's not interesting. What if I make it a little bit smaller and minimize that? Okay, you see the report time splits over two rows there. I'm going to back out a little bit. All right, and I'm going to go there. That's going to be my screenshot. So. One more thing about insert screenshot, watch this. So this is the quick access toolbar. I don't want to have to go to the insert ribbon and all that kind of stuff every time I do this. I want to say uh, more commands. And I want to choose uh, from the insert tab. I want insert, take a screenshot. I'm going to add that. Okay. And now I have a button to push, to pook, push or click, pook. A button to pook. Screen clipping. We go gray. We have our screenshot. And look at that. Well, now it's too big. <laughs> so when I was uh, two jobs ago, I did all my reports like this. I would do this screenshot directly into there. I would right click on this. I would do save as picture. It by default wants to call it picture1.png in my pictures folder. That's fine. Whatever. Do that. 
Uh, yes, I'm going to replace it because I don't need to keep it ever. And then I'm going to do MS Paint. And I'm going to do Open. And I'm going to open my picture one. And I'm going to add my little box. And I'm going to say, look, it was example.com I tested. And the things I'm complaining about are these things here. And then Control A, Alt Tab, Delete, Control V. Wrong one. I missed it. Uh, I'm doing this in a Windows VM on a Mac, so the keyboards, the um, some of the shortcuts don't work for me because I'm not good at computers. There we go. And that was too big, so I'm just going to drag the corner up. And now I have my screenshot. I don't have to keep track of it. It's just there. This is reporting as I go. I ran the scan. I found these results. Here I'm pasting it in. And then in a real report, I would talk about why an F is bad. Right. So there's uh, one way you can make your screenshots go faster. You can use other tools like uh, GreenShot is a great tool for, um, for screenshotting. And uh, Snagit is also a good tool for screenshotting. But um, these are built in. You don't need to buy these. You don't need to get permission to install them. They're just there. Next thing you can do is quick parts and auto text. So there may be parts of the report that are repetitive. You, put the, you find yourself putting this phrase in over and over again. And we do that. We have, after we find an issue in the methodology, we'll put in what I call the flag text, which is just a sentence that says, this is a finding, there's more information about it somewhere else in the report. And so it might look like this. So what you do is you copy this, and then in Word for Windows, it's different on the Mac, and in the slides, it tells you how to do it on the Mac. Uh, we go to, uh, what is it? It's um, autocorrect file, options, proofing, autocorrect. And you can see that what's on my clipboard is automatically pre-filled into this little thing here. So autocorrect is what changes the C into a copyright statement that changes T-E-H into T-H-E, fixes your typos. You can abuse that. So I'm going to replace the word I finding, just because that's what makes sense to me. You can call it anything you want that you're not going to type somewhere else. And I'm going to say replace that with this formatted text. Okay, okay. And now I type by finding space, and now it turns into that text. So if you're annoyed that, oh, I have to type this again, you don't have to type it ever again. Type it once and make autocorrect fix it for you. Not bad, huh? Another way you can do this is with, and this one is very different on Word for Mac than Word for Windows, is uh, quick parts. It's easier in Windows, so we'll do it in Windows. So we'll take the same thing. And we'll go to, um, what is this layout? Where is this one? This one is insert quick parts, of course, because it's more inserting. Insert quick parts way up here. And I'm sorry, I can't make this text bigger, but you get the idea. Save selection to quick part gallery. Yes, let's do that. What do I want to call it? I want to call it finding, finding flag. Okay. And now if I want to insert that, I can just do quick parts, finding flag. Poof. I don't have to remember what my abbreviation was. So if, if you prefer this method, you can do it this way. If you prefer the other method, you can do it the other way. It's two ways to do the same thing, saving you time, 
making word work for you, not the other way around. All right, here's another one. Uh, if you ever need to format information in your report as a table, sometimes we like to do that, right? Um, you can do it in Excel and then paste into Word and stuff, but you don't need to. Um, look at uh, on the Home tab. If you click on this little paragraph thing here, you might remember from grade school, the paragraph symbol. If you click on that, it shows you hidden characters. So the hidden characters are often, you know, the the uh, the, the paragraph itself, the carriage return, um, also a tab. Uh, shows up that way. So here you can see, I want to make a table of the user accounts that I was provided for my test. And there's different applications, different usernames, different privileges. So I have this here. And the reason I'm showing you this is so you see there are tabs there so that you don't have to watch me type it out and correct my typos. So it's pre-typed for that reason. So highlight this row. Insert table. Convert text to table accept the defaults, and now you have a table. Click in the last thing and hit tab. Bobo's app, username, Bobo, admin, Bobo's other app, Jojo, visitor. And there you go, you have a table built in automatically. You don't have to draw the table, you don't have to do all that hard stuff. It just goes right in there. One more, one more before I get into macros, and I'm kind of going to stop at macros because they get to be a little bit complicated. Here's the systems that were in scope for my test, and there's a whole bunch of them. And look at all this white space over here. That's not helping anyone. We don't need all that white space. Wouldn't it be neat if it didn't take up all that white space? Uh, let me go back to the home menu and turn on the paragraph thing. So you see, this is the end of a paragraph. This is also a paragraph in Word. Just go along with it. It's called a paragraph. Select your whole thing here. And then layout, columns, two. That's better. But we can do better. Columns, three. Can we do four? Uh, yeah, but now we have to type. So more columns. I want four columns. And it fits. What if we did five? Okay, five's going too far because now it starts to wrap funny. So undo. And now I have the most compact representation I can get of this list of IP addresses. And yes, it was awfully convenient that it fits, you know, full columns each time. Um, they don't always fit full columns each time. But my general rule for this is if I have a list that is 10 things or more, I will split it into columns. If it's 10, I'll make two columns. Uh, if it's more, I'll make more columns. But it's just right there. It's so easy. It's right in front of your face, but it doesn't call attention to itself, right? You have to find it yourself. So let's make a macro. Oh, here's a macro I actually use. Um, when you see these uh, these hidden characters, see, this is what that um, columns thing does. It inserts a section break uh, before and after. Uh, you can't quite see this one here, but underneath that, there's another section break. So this is treated as a new section, and that's how the columns affect this, but not anything outside of it. You could do this manually. 
And I know people that used to do this manually. They would always insert a section break before, insert a section break after, and then go and change your... And I showed them this as like, I have wasted so much of my life manually inserting things. So one thing I like to do is I like to do uh, page breaks sometimes. So if I wanted this to start on a new page, uh, instead of you know being separated from what it's doing, there are some things you could do with the, the format of the paragraph. You could do, um, there's widow and orphan control. No, that's not it. It's, it's keep with next or keep lines together. You can do that. But I just wanted an excuse to show you a macro. So I'm going to go search for macro. I'm going to say record macro. And my macro is going to be called page break. And I'm going to say insert page break. And then I'm going to say stop the recording. And then I'm going to say, let me see my macros. And here's my macro um, page break. And where did it go? Here it is. That's the whole macro at the bottom there, that one line. Selection.insert break type equals WD page break. So now how do I make use of that? Well, I come back up here to my quick access toolbar and I say more commands and I say macros and I say page break, add that. And then I say modify, cause that's not a good picture. I want a picture that indicates to me page break. And I don't know about you, but to me, the pin means page break. So now I can get rid of that page break and now I can say page break. And there it is. So you don't have to know Visual Basic to make use of macros. If you do, or if you're willing to learn a little bit, now you could go and you could make this a toggle. You could say, you could put an if statement there and say, if this already has a page break, get rid of it. If it doesn't add one. And that's one I actually have um, that I use in my testing. Uh, that saves me some time formatting things. Not too bad, huh? Some of that stuff's cool. Useful maybe for you. Uh, feedback's pretty good out there, babe. People are definitely liking it. Some of the, the jujitsu you were laying down there. Awesome jujitsu. It's just paying attention. Like, aren't we all hackers? Don't you, don't you spend your time trying to make computers do stuff they're not supposed to do? Yeah, but, but that's not our interest. And it's like, like let's put a point right. in Justin, right? When you hate something, you resist. Yes. You just resist, like, I'm not even going to bother learning this. And right. Right. Phoebe, are, are you going to show the thing where you type like a, like a code word that stands for a whole bunch of text? Yeah, I did that. Oh, I missed it. Did, did okay. I do it too fast? Did I miss it? There's apps out there that do that rather well too. Yeah, that that's is. the that's the auto text. So I finding so that's the thing where you select mm. this and you go into um, file options proofing autocorrect and then you say whatever you want to call it. So I could call it Jason, but now the trouble if I call it Jason is I can never talk to Jason. Yeah, if you ever type Jason, it now messes you up. Right. This is this is my old thing with uh, classification markings using secret and top secret. I'm like, no, they should use XR trumpet as their classification words. Right. And it's unique, right. and you never find that string except when you're using this classification. Mm -hmm. Right, 
Right. Yeah. So how do you become a better tester? I have two more slides. It's actually going to fit in the time. I think the way you become a better tester is you dig deep into something, anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Something technical is best, but it doesn't have to be pen testing. It can be anything at all. Microsoft Word, for example. Write about it. Write about what you learn. Get feedback from people. Give them your writing and ask them to tell you, hey, does this make sense to you? Is this comfortable to read? Where can I improve? So you can do this with blog posts. You can do it with write-ups for CTFs. You can write how-to guides for uh, any tools that you use at work. Those, those are all great things to do. Um, and also, obviously, yes, get good with the tools, but no one has to tell you that, right? You already know that. You're already doing that. But write about it. Tell a story. Make somebody want to change the things you think need to be changed and ask someone to read it and see if they do when they're done. Because the testing is dust in the wind, right? Your report is the thing that lives on. The report matters so much more than just the bare basic facts or experience of testing. Spend some time with Word. It's not so bad. All right, now I can bring high up the praise, baby. High praise, baby. High praise. Not so bad. <laughs> is that your last slide, baby? That's it. Well, baby. Thank you. Uh, I think what we'll do is we'll go into extra innings here uh, where we'll stick around for about five, 10 more minutes. Uh, we will answer whatever questions that you have. And if this is your first time at a Black Hills Information Security webcast, thank you for joining us today. And hopefully you learned something about reporting that you either knew and it reinforced what you already knew. And you're like, yes, I'm doing it right. Uh, or you learned something where you're like, oh, that's going to just change everything. Uh, so, BB, thanks for doing that today. Uh, questions, CJ, you got any for BB? No. Oh, some people were asking, and I got it off of Discord. Uh, what do you use for screenshotting in Linux? I saw Flame. I think I passed those on back. Yeah, Flame Flame Shot is good. Um, Shutter is good. Shutter is it's an old Perl program, uh, and you need to patch it to make it work in current versions of Ubuntu. But Shutter is what I use. Uh, if I'm on Linux. Actually, if I'm running Linux in a VM, I'll just use the screenshotter on my host. Command shift so, F, command shift four on your Mac, right? Yes, on the Mac it's command shift four, and you get the exact same kind of draw the box like I showed you with the uh, Microsoft Word insert screenshot. I use that repeatedly and then you can get it into the clipboard real easily. Yep. Yeah, well, I, I use a Mac for my most of my work and I do my reporting. Um, in Word for Mac, and the only tool I use is the built-in uh, screenshot application called Grab. So, so you get the screenshot in there, and then there's there's enough editing tools there. I can draw boxes and arrows, and that's all I ever need. Uh, so, it's free. It's just there. Just poke at it. A lot of people hating the evils of Word and saying, "Have you tried other things? Use LaTeX and all these things." I'm like, everybody hates something. Everything has its pros and cons. For us, it's kind of necessary to get it in DocX format because that's what we deliver to customers and it's a common, although people talk about, well, what about PDF? And PDF is a good archive format, um, but when we're sending it to a customer for editing, we like to have track changes on and such. So, Yeah. Yeah, the, the bottom line is that Word is, like I said at the beginning, Word is, is the worst possible solution except for all the others. Uh, the, the thing that's nice about Word is everyone has it. So uh, after you do your report, I didn't mention this, but you should have somebody read it before you give it to your customer. And we do that <laughs> here. We, we have people whose job it is to do that. And they're not testers. Uh, so they're not going to use LaTeX, right? They're not going to use some arcane formatting thing or even Markdown would be something they're not comfortable with. And in the end, we're giving a customer a Word document and a PDF. Uh, 
So using that tool from beginning to end means that there's less opportunity to screw stuff up along the way while you're translating and, and you just suck it up and just use the tool that's, that's in front of you. Uh, this question comes from GoToWebinar. How about for blurring sensitive info and screenshots, I use PowerPoint and SNP for now. Uh, what about blurring sensitive info? Is that needed for an internal report? Yes. 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 There are. There's always a case when you want to 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 hide something, to redact something. Um, I would never blur anything because blurring is undoable. So what I do is I put a black box <clears throat> over things that I don't want to be recorded, or I'll use the blur and I'll make the pixels so large that there's like you know. It, make the pixels very large <laughs> so that you can't undo it and discover what's actually been hidden. That's it, it, it's easy to, to redact things insufficiently. A lot of PDF expert and things, because I do sample reports, right? And to redact them, there, there's a redact tool that wipes it out. It's not reversible. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we have one of, our, one of our testers uses GIMP for his screenshots. It's fantastic. If you're, if you're that into it, he's, he does a great job with it. Uh, one comment is just improved a report in real time. So that means somebody was working on a report, just fixed it. Awesome. So that's fantastic. Awesome. Uh, and, and then another question is, I guess it's a question for BHIS, but also in general, uh, how many people review the report before it's sent to a customer? Just one. Plus. We, have, we have two. Yeah. We'll have one, one person will be another tester. So that tester looks at the report looking for... Uh, any sort of technical mistakes, either things like, oh, I think you drew the wrong conclusion from this, or your evidence doesn't support the conclusion, or, you know, good job. Thanks for showing me how to use that tool uh, to make sure that it makes sense and it's coherent and it's defensible from a technical standpoint um, and that the right things were covered. And then we have an editorial review where an editor looks to make sure that you've, you know, dotted the I's and crossed the T's and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to make just one quick comment from my perspective is that if you can write a report, you can write a blog. If you can write a blog, you can probably give a webcast. Uh, so just think about like if you can do the screenshots and methodology and what you did, if you want to start writing blogs, then just follow the same kind of format you're doing for reports. Uh, it, along with that is have someone peer review it to make sure you didn't mess up or miss any of the technical things and have someone who is not you also do your editing for you. Always, always, always. Oh, so someone wants us to have a new channel on Discord for pen test reporting. Yeah or nay? Uh, my fear is that people will put reports in there. That should not be. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the hard thing about it is it's, it's hard to get feedback on actual reports because, you know, you're supposed to keep secrets. So that's why I like what Jason was saying, blog posts, CTF write-ups, find something you can talk about publicly and treat that as if it were a test. Yeah. And the thing about writing your blogs, too, if, if this is coming from what you learned from a customer, please don't put screenshots from your customer in your blog post because uh, that's just asking for it. So I'm, I'm seeing a lot of chatter about um, using PDF and locking it so people can't edit it. Um, I don't care. Um, you want to change the report? Change the report. We issued you a correct report. If you change the report, and you get an Enron-style investigation, it's on you. So if you've got that level of ethics, you got a lot of other problems. Well, and it doesn't matter to us because we have the version control. Like, we have a copy of this. Yeah. We so if it comes down to it and we have to prove it, we can say, no, this is what we sent you. Yeah. Uh, great question from GoToWebinar is, what do you consider a secure delivery of the report for the customer or 
do you close this off in the initial contact? Uh, we do. We figure that out in our initial contact. So, so what counts as secure? Whatever you want. It's up to the customer, right? I, I asked them, how, how would you like me to share with you the report at the end and also any sensitive information along the way? And if you want us to do it, we use Box. Right. And other companies, if, if they want to use something else, then we'll use what they want because they're Their the customer. Their SharePoint. Yep. You want us to encrypt it and send it via whatever secure channel. You have an FTP server you like. It's your call. We'll advise you if we think it's a bad one. Yeah, but that's that varies from test to test, and and it's it's always the customer's call how they want to share it, and so I ask them up front, and whatever they say, that's what we do. BB, we we did have a customer that uh, approached us, and they did not want us to deliver them a report until they'd reviewed it. I'm like, well, how are you going to review it? And and we ended up no bidding because it gets to the point where you know they're going to object to things in the report and ask to change it. And we, we cannot alter facts, right? We have sort of a fiduciary style uh, ethical requirement to not remove this finding because our board of directors will get super upset. Like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> can, uh, I can just imagine the Enron accountants doing that. Mm -hmm. But by, by the same token, yeah. if a if a customer has says wants to make a change to the report, it's it's not an automatic no by any stretch. It, no. it might be that conversation. You you call this vulnerability A, but internally we call it B. Can you change that so that you call it the word people are familiar with? Like absolutely, I am doing that right now. So it's worth some or they, or they throw out a mitigation that you didn't consider and they argue you down. It's not critical. It's a medium because of X. You know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, question from GoToWebinar. Should the first few pages of the report cater to the C-level execs as far as wording with it getting more technical as you go down? So first, like, I guess, first cowboy, like, simplified for business speak. And then it's like, just if you're going to be the person who keeps reading to page 15 to 20, it just at that point starts getting more technical. Yes. Yeah. The, the executive summary is the summary of the report that's meant for the executives. And that goes in the front because you don't want to make them look for it. Uh, and then once you've summarized um, your your expert opinions on what you think are the most important things that that uh, executive should know about, then we move into the actual list of findings where we describe each finding in detail. And then after all the findings are listed, that's where we have the, the methodology, which is the, like I said, the blow by blow of the test, every action we took while we were testing. So it does get, yes, exactly like that. Very high level at front and then very technical at the end. So I, I'm going to con combine a couple of questions here. When the report is over, it's been issued, the customer has it, and everyone's got it, and they're reading it. Does the tester help with mit mitigation of the things that were found, or does the tester move on to something else? That's my favorite thing about working as a consultant. Um, <laughs> when I was working in corporate security, the answer to that question was, when you write a report, you own that report for the rest of your life. And people will come to you nine months down the road and say, what's this thing on page four again? Uh, so, so it's a very different answer, whether you're a consultant or an internal person. Internal person, you will never get away from that report. There's just no way around it. Um, for a consultant, uh, we do. We have the luxury of saying, you know, hey, test's over. Here's the report. Um, look it over. Run it by your team. If you have questions, I'd be happy to meet with you and summarize or answer any questions or make any revisions that I'm comfortable making. And then once we're done with that readout call, I'm done. 
it's up to them to take care of it. Unless you have a question, like if it's not clear to you how to fix it, we'll, we'll come back and advise you. But I, I was like, my thing is, everything is easy for the person who doesn't have to do it. But uh, if, if we can make that fix, that means we still have domain admin in your environment. You don't want us there. So we don't do the fixes. All right. Uh, any final questions uh, before we get your final thoughts, Bibi? You want to see anything else? There's a time. Oh, that was good. Uh, this is a good one. Why do you store the report when it's customer's data? Customers often say don't store any data. Is it defensible to store a report? I think so. That we have a responsibility to know what we did. Uh, when and we have a right to, I mean, if it comes down to it, we have a right to defend ourselves if there are any any accusations of, hey, you missed this vulnerability. How come you know you didn't find this thing? Uh, if we don't keep any artifact, then we can't defend ourselves. Um, I think there have been some cases where some customers are very explicit about don't keep anything long term, and that's above my pay grade. I don't know how we answer those questions for sure, um, but it's rare. And um, yeah, we, we don't we don't keep sensitive data. Uh, we do keep the reports so that we can go back and, and see what we did. Um, does that help? So in, in a case where they're adamant about it, um, we do a hash of the report file and say, all right, we won't have the report, but you'll have to produce the report and we'll tell you if it's if it's the right one. Yeah. Now, that's one of the things I hear a lot of times on our calls. If a customer comes back, right? It's year two, it's year three, it's year four. Then we go back and we look at the report of last time, and that helps us with where we get started for the next year. Is that we keep fair? them for 18, 18 months, and then we move them offline so that mm -hmm. we have to go to a hard hard drive that we keep in a bank vault if we have to get it for legal purposes or something. It does help, Jason. Like you were saying, it helps with continuity from test to test. If we have the same customer come back again, um, if they if they didn't do a retest after fixing all the problems, um, then we 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 kind of treat the beginning of the next test or a part of it as kind of a retest. When I'm doing it, I will not look at the original report until about halfway through because I want to keep my eyes fresh and I want to notice what I notice and not just make it a retest. Uh, but it does help us keep track of uh, of how they're doing over time. If we're especially if we're a closer partner with them. Uh, how things are improving or changing over time, and to make sure that uh, we cover at least all the same areas again. And it sounds too like we don't have the same tester do it every year. It's a new tester, new perspective, new new methodology, new tools. Yep, keep it fresh. Yep. All right. Uh, it looks like that is it for today. Uh, if we didn't get to your question, feel free to ask it in Discord, and at some point we may get a chance to respond to it, or you can ask in the YouTube. Uh, what do you call it? The comment section, and we'll do the best we can to respond to it. Thank you for joining us today for this Black Hills Information Security webcast. BB, got any final thoughts? Uh, work on your reports. They, they matter a lot, and it's not as hard as it needs to be. It's not as hard as it needs to be. It doesn't need to be as hard as it feels like sometimes. Just practice. Practice. Yeah. Thank you all very much for joining us. If you ever need a red team, threat hunt, active stock, or anything like that, you know where to find us or a zine. Please get the zine because uh, we worked on it. We love it. And it's a lot of fun. And we'll keep sending them. So if you get on the mailing list, you'll just keep getting them. All right. With that, talk to you all later. Bye-bye. I am ending the webinar. It was not 24 hours this time. Not. Not.